Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Welcome, Matt. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Janesh. I'm doing very well. Right. Usually, um, Benny's the one giving you a bit of stick, saying that um, you're off Benny's with your good. parole officer, right? But um, I'm not sure where he is, but you know what? Let's let's call him. Is that what he says he when does. I'm not here? He does. So we call him Ben Cavasso. We don't have anything witty to come back to that with. Morning, Ben. How are you doing? All right, good. Mate, are you are you up and running? Mate, we're up and running, and mate, guess what? You are live, mate, and the listeners know that we've had to call you in. Uh, mate, I've been waiting for you to give me access. No, nah, mate, um, Matt's in the room at the moment. Huh? That's pretty close. Maybe it's timed out because I just waited for so long that uh, eventually I just had to go. Great, great. We'll uh, we'll see you in there shortly then. Mate, I'm there. There we go. Put me in. Oh, I see you. I see you. Oh, he's in now. He's in. Um, you good recovery, listeners. Just letting you know he was not waiting in. <laughs> um, Look, I'm all prepped. I'm ready to go. I'm dressed for it. Dressed for success. I'm like Kamala jacket on. Look like you're about to go camping, Ben, in the wilderness. Yeah, he looks like he just woke, got out of his swag, is by the fire, drinking his uh, cup of tea from the billy. It'd be in a steel mug. What is with that? You know, camp mugs are always steel. You know what? Well, actually, I do know why, because they don't break if you're carrying them, Yeah. where ceramic mugs would break. Ceramic or even plastic mugs break. We've, we've broken a few plastic mugs. And you can't, you can't put in the fire, Penny. Steel, mm. you can... If you need to, you can heat it up. Coffee. Oh, I've never done that. Mm. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. What's been happening, fellas? Ben, uh, what's been happening? Well, I'm back on air, mate. Not just on this air, but on the real radio waves. By the way, what's this? It's either a snake or a wave. No, I don't know, but here comes another one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'm back on the. That's a visual for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I'm back on the air, RPP FM. You're with Dr. Ben, Health Matters, making health matter on the Mornington Peninsula. Uh, so I'm back on radio as of yesterday. Mate, it's um, interesting because for the, for, the, uh, for the viewers, not necessarily the listeners, but for the listeners, I'll paint the picture. Last time, when was the last time you were on radio? A year ago? Two years ago? Six months ago. Six months ago. Mate, you've, uh, you've changed your, uh, your look, Ben. Right, so uh, listeners and viewers, if you head over to the website and hover over uh, Ben's photo, you can see a photo of him in the studio, right? And if you look at today's episode, you'll notice a bit of a difference. He's uh, clean shaven, um, but now you've got the um, oh, the Bear grills look happening, mate. It's the mountain man look. The mountain man. Going forward, it's the mountain man look, and uh, as you know, uh, that's part of the reason Michelle's suggested that I get another car, a different car. She said you're no longer the the BMW looking dude. You're now more the Outback Ranger, Ram driving uh, <laughs> man look. Uh, you got the dog, who's going to be a big Brutus. Uh, you need a dog car to match your beard and your long hair. Oh, mate, you're growing hair long, are you? I'm growing my hair. Look, it's all just brushed back these days. I'm going to – eventually I'll be doing a little man bun. Oh, wow. <laughs> mate, look at you. Uh, I'm not biting. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, it's going through the agony, long agony stage. Listeners, if you if you decide to grow your hair out, blokes, there's a, there's a transition period that – is painful, Matty, Matt, Matt. How long is that transition period, Matt? When you go from where Ben's hair is, oh, so my hair, and then you got Ben's hair is in is in the agony period till you can actually go out of the agony. Matt, what do you? What's that period timeline? Depends how kind you are to yourself, because there's two types of agony here. There's external judgment and internal judgment. Now, Ben's. He's a strong man, so I don't think the uh, 
don't think the internal judgment's going to get to him. I think he's going to be very forgiving. He's going to he's going to love himself very quickly. I think that the external judgment people are used to a certain image from Ben. It's it's a it's a it's a six month transition. Yeah, With people people's opinions. Mate, mm-hmm. you should get your haircut. Oh, you let you let yourself go. But then you do once you break through that. Then it's just compliments all day. Mm. So, you know, is it worth the struggle? I think so. I so think look amazing with long hair. So, listeners, six months exactly from recording right now would be mate the week before Christmas. You'd be Santa Claus. Oh, no. For me, it's a winter thing. I'm, I'm gonna when when spring arrives, there'll be the question will be asked: Do I keep it or do I get rid of it? And um, the beard is the tricky bit. I was talking to Dr. Beck yesterday, uh, one of my of a chiropractic team, and she's um, married uh, a guy who's uh, Middle Eastern. And, you know, they've got that just stunning, that stunning thick black beard that grows perfectly like <laughs> grains in a grain of wood, just, you know, exactly in all in the same direction, just glorious, glorious. Well, I got a beard that's like, like a twisted vine. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it just goes in every every hair is picking its own direction, and so it's. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's the most attractive beard. Mate, maybe you need to comb it, and maybe you need to put some beard oil in it, mate. There's. I do that. I put so much beard oil in one day. It was there was a little drip forming <laughs> on, on the end of my chin. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Do you, do you split wood? That'll help, me, I'm sure. Do I split wood? It's, it's got to be all the man activities, you know, the rugged man activities. That, that'll that aid in the growing process. The I, split the, wood. I, split, I split the bag that the wood comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so mate, that's uh, that's me. But I, I did look like Janesh. Janesh's Janesh, haircut was my standard, a little mm. longer on top and nice and short on the sides. But mate, Maddie, I am envious, and a lot of people would be envious of your beautiful curly locks. <laughs> really? I reckon. I reckon you got good hair, man. You got good hair. This is the hair show, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It is. Yeah. I thank my mum for my hair. There you go, mum. There's a plug. Definitely didn't come from dad. So. <laughs> have it have it while you can, I say. Who knows? We never know the cards we're going to get dealt. I look at my dad and I think, hmm, I might be bald soon. I look at my mum and I think, she's got lovely long hair. So let's see what we're capable of. What's your brother? What your brother got um, receding hairline or full head of hair? I don't think so, but he always wears a, a cap too. He's mm. you know, a, a crane operator. He's always got his attire on. Can't really see his hair. It's interesting. Mm. Is do you think the myth of wearing a hat promotes baldness? Is that a myth? Was that reality? Let's do a scientific study. Oh, no, yeah. a bit thinner, a little bit thinner. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> The great man, our number one fan, uh, he came home a, a few weeks ago and he said, I'm thinning out, look. And he's putting his hair down. He, he's got this red hair. It's thick. And it's uh, and it kind of wiry. It goes everywhere. It's got totally a mind of its own. And he's leaning forward and he's, he's showing how his scalp's kind of showing through because his hair's getting thinner. And he was quite concerned about it. So we Michelle took him off to her hairdresser, who's, a lovely, who's just a lovely bloke. And I just can't think of his name for a second. Lovely dude. Anyway, he checks Logan out. He says, Logan, how often do you wash your hair? (laughs) Logan said, do you mean in in weeks or months? (laughs) Does does rinsing count as washing? Yeah, well, I think for Logan it did did count as washing, but the great man, not a a big hair washer. And um, I can't think of the guy's name. We'll call him Matt. Matt said, "Mate, you just you, all your there's so much gunk on your scalp. Your hair just can't get through, and so you just got to wash your hair. You got to wash your hair a little more regularly. Wow! Uh, and it'll start to grow back out. So I don't know about caps, but but having your hair all gunked up, 
particularly, I guess, with the hair products and stuff we put in, uh, apparently stops the hair growing. So wash your hair. That's a good, solid advice. So does anyone, either of you two, worn a beanie during winter for extended period of time? Do you remember back in the day we used to go to the snow? I used to get in the snow. But you'd wear a beanie for like three days in a row and your hair would hurt. You could feel the follicles were actually pressed down. Yeah, in pain because they've been constricted for so long and they haven't seen light or probably both. Amazing feeling when you run your hand through your hair and you can actually feel, oh, Mm. not nice. Not nice. It's something you just take for granted, isn't it? Sometimes you forget it's even alive. It's just a thing that's attached to you. Mm. Hair freedom. I did. Michelle asked me about my bionic ears. How are they going, mate? Have you so you were on the trials and you said the trials start beeping at you after X amount of weeks. I would assume are we at that point now? I did go back and I hadn't been wearing them as much as I would have liked and blah 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 blah. So he said, mate, let's do another six weeks. So I have been regular, but I left earlier this morning and I haven't put them in. But Michelle did ask me a few weeks ago, you know, like how are you feeling about them? And I said, Look, I'd rather have earring aids than be bald. True, true, mate. I'm thinning at the back here, and it's each time I see a mirror or like something, I'm like, Oh, no, just you get that powder, that black powder. I don't know if it would, or black powder just to like dye my dye my scalp. Yeah, it out. Like, there's pills you can get these days, right? That's uh, that's a different type of pill. I don't need that type of pill at the moment, Matt. I'm sure I had a friend that had, what's the part where it thins out here? I won't say his name in case he listens. Yeah, but Errol. Thinning <laughs> <laughs> uh, out here at like, I'm like 28, like really young. And then now, you know, sort of seven or eight years later, he's got a full head of hair. So he's right, maybe he did the cheeky trip to Turkey and um, got the hair implants. I reckon maybe. What are they going for? Implants. I think it was a drug application. Mate, it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot cheaper in Turkey. Yeah, their healthcare is apparently pretty good. He went. He went over there and got his back surgery done and saved a fortune in mm. Turkey. Mm. Yeah, mate, it's I huge. Did the same thing. Shocked. Oh, apparently, really, really good surgeries over there. there. Sounds safe. Yeah. <laughs> What else has been going on in our world? Mate. Yeah. What's been I want to know crazy? what's going on for you guys in Melbourne. What's the temperature like? I can tell from Ben's jacket that, and his rugged looks mm. that it's cold. How cold are we talking? Are we in the middle of winter yet? Oh, yeah. This week, 100%. I was like three degrees yesterday morning. Three degrees. Three degrees at um, not even super early. Um, six thirty, quarter to seven. Dark mm. when you leave, dark when you get back. That yeah, time of dark, day. Dark. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, being cold, I jumped in uh, in the ocean on Sunday. A mate of mine did uh, gave me a shout out and said, "Benny, the group of us that we 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 get in every Sunday." Now, when he says every Sunday, this would be our second Sunday. Uh, we get in every Sunday, and uh, we we spend. 15, 20 minutes in the water, just standing in the water, doing some cold, and then we go out for a coffee. I said, yeah, yeah, mate, I'll, 15, 90% I'll be there. 15 minutes. That morning it's comes like around, a- and, you know, I have to juggle dogs and stuff anyway. Juggle dogs, mate. You got one. You got one. You say as if you got, like, a, a whole <laughs> litter of puppies. Don't let the truth get in the way of this story. Hang on, let me keep with this story. And um, so, anyway, I vacillated, and I knew that I'd be in trouble if I didn't go, right? So... So I decide I'm going to go. Anyway, so I get up and I think I just got a little bit nervous, got a little bit nervous yeah. about getting in the cold, and because it's, it's been a year and a half since I've been swimming in the cold, and and so I'm sitting having my morning cup of tea, uh, watching YouTube clips about <laughs> how to do cold exposure, <laughs> and I'm driving down in the car listening to YouTube telling me about how to get into the cold and. Getting myself all prepped. Anyway, we get in the cold. We stand in for 15 minutes. It's windy and it's rough. We're just in the ocean standing. How far How far up? Shoulders? Up, up to our neck, yeah. Oof, yeah. Um, 
And uh, so we get out, there was four of us and we head to the coffee place and the, and I wasn't too bad and Al was pretty good, but the other two were shaking. shaking. They were seriously shaking and we're sitting at the coffee place and one guy just couldn't, he just couldn't, he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't keep still and he's rubbing his legs and he's talking, he's talking like this and then, and I just, I just, I, I got this new, new, new product I'm, I'm about, to, about to launch and he's talking like that right. for 30 minutes. It was like that. He's, he, he ordered a cup of tea as well, which came in a teapot. Trying to pour it into no, the cup. That's not healthy. That is not healthy at all. So that's how cold it was. Um, which apparently was only 12 degrees, which is not not super cold, but it's cold. But everyone's, everyone's core temperature is different, though. Yes. Yeah. So, um, mate, that, so was that his first time getting in? Uh I think that was his first time of getting into mm. cold. Yeah. How often do when people say, "Look, we want to," I want to try, I want to try cold exposure, right? They don't think maybe I'm going to turn the shower to lukewarm, right? They go, "You know what? I'm just going to go to the ocean and stand in it for 20 minutes." That it's and sometimes it is like, "Yep, you do need a shock to your system," but then. Do you think why and why do we do it? I know I do sometimes. We I go too hard in something, and then go, uh oh, nah, I don't like it. I don't think I should. And then I've learned if I really want that thing or I really want to pursue that, I come back to it and I I do it gradually. But I don't I don't, I don't learn I don't learn to gradually do it anyway the first time. Um, yeah, why is it? Sometimes they either go, either people shy away from it. They're either all in, and then it's sometimes too much, and it shy. It does the opposite effect. Like, oh, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to jump in. I'm all in. Um, but then it it shocks their system too much. They go, oh no, nah, maybe not for me. I think there's two bits to that. I think there's, uh, you just don't know. You know, and that happens like when you're first time back at the gym after a while, you know, you're back and you're lifting the weights and the next day you just can't, and two, three days a week after you can't, can't move, you overdid it. But I also think for me, there's a little bit of, I want to make it epic. I don't want to, if I'm going to do it, I want to make sure that when I come back out, it's like, yeah, that was cool. It's like Michelle, she's looking at us going on, walking the Camino next year, Camino San Diego. And... Um, She's talking about, oh, there's different paths we could take. And I said, what about if you, because you can ride a bike, you can ride a push bike. If you ride a push bike and I run the Camino, what about if I run it? Like 20 Ks every day, I run, that'd be amazing. She said, can you, can we just walk? <laughs> can we, does it have to be you're always out in front and, and I'm trailing behind and you're running and, can, can we just walk it together? Uh, but instantly when she said, come in, I went, yeah, what if we ran it? What if we ran it? Well, I ran it. Uh, what about you, Maddie? Do you find yourself sort of going a bit overboard? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I relate to the gym one. Like when I've, whenever I've been off something for a while, I usually come in and try to get back to where I was at plus a little bit, you know? Like, oh, maybe I've had, I think, I think if you had a couple of weeks off, you can do that. But when you've had a couple of months off and then you come back and you're like, oh, I was doing this weight. So now I'm going to just try and beat that. <laughs> it's more, yeah, it's like a mental thing where the body just can't keep up for sure. Mm. Too much, too soon, too hard. Yeah, that's a thing. Mm. I wonder if it, you've got two daughters. Mm. Both of you have got daughters. Is it, did you notice with with your daughters that that's a common thing as well obviously ben you've got daughters and a son did you notice that during the development stage that the boys are more inclined to overdo things than the girls or is that just a human quality that we exceed our capabilities i think it's a risk thing i think it's a your risk profile you know, some, tip, some will tippy-toe, you know, they'll get to the edge of the ocean and they'll just want to try 
make sure it's safe, make sure it's not too rough, make sure there's not a rip, make sure there's it's not too cold. And then there's others that just get, yeah, and they run down the beach and they just dive in. I think that's a risk thing. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I think so too. I don't know if it is um, adults or children um, or gender-specific. I think it is risk. I think, yeah, look at look at Keisha's risk profile. She's probably, like Steve, less risk than I do overall. Um, and it is, yeah, it, I think it is, it is a risk profile. It's like what, like risk versus reward. I think it's the, yeah, but instead of making sure everything's calculated, it's like, no, nah, let's just give, give that a shot. What's the worst could happen? Um, yeah, I think it is It is risk. I think, yeah, you see people go, I don't know that saying of you got to risk it for the biscuit, right, where you can have incremental um, in, in, incremental change or incremental steps, but then also incremental reward. Um, it's like actually super. Uh, disclaimer, this is not financial uh, advice here. But um, I was looking at my super the other day and you can choose your uh, like your risk profile, right, on how aggressive you want to be, right? And they give you like the older you get, maybe you should do it less because you've got less, more chance of losing, blah, blah. And, it's, um, and they go, look, but higher risk, you could lose three quarters, but you could also – like gain triple, right in 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 the highest risk profile, and it's 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 interesting, and it, all it is it's just called this little bar, this little sliding bar that you can choose. Oh, what am I feeling today? Oh, I feel a little risky today. So, uh, yeah, which is fascinating. I think. Um, how do we? What would you say the difference is between overdoing it and taking? Like massive immediate action. Like I'm a firm believer. If you want to do something, like start the start the wheels turning now, right? So, meeting with a friend yesterday on a on an idea, and he's like, "Oh, look, yep." And we're talking, and I'm like, "We can let's meet in two weeks. Let's let's go the next steps in two weeks. Like let's keep the the ball rolling." But what do you think the difference is between massive immediate action and overdoing it? And is there just a fine line there? Mate, first of all, back to the super thing. It's funny you say that because I, I just randomly logged in yesterday. My account wanted something, and we have a we do have a managed super fund as well. And uh, the the profile, the fund was called I don't know. It's like MLC um, Global Aggressive. That's the name of the fund. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing's aggressive. That's the that's literally the word that's at the back of the thing. It's called aggressive. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, look, I, I think you're right. Like, a lot of people, they vacillate. You know, I, I, I call it the sniper approach, which is where they, they dick around for ages, checking the wind, checking the distance, you know, waiting for the perfect shot because they want to make sure they get the perfect shot and, and don't miss. They, they never want to miss it. And so they, they often muck around for ages. And by then, the target's shifted, yeah, versus the, the six-shooter, just pulls his gun and just starts shooting, and he just waits to hear till he hears the bing. He goes, ah, I got it, cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy. And I think there's that there's the, the mix between the two. And I and I really like a graph. Again, sorry for the listeners, but one 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 axis is um, um, one axis 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 is knowledge. And the other axis is um, uh, um, uh, confidence. There we go. Got it. Everyone got that in their head? (laughs) One axis? I was like, we're going to have to cut him off. (laughs) Sometimes what we have is someone that has low skill but high confidence. Yeah. And we call those people cowboys. Yeah. And versus someone who has low confidence but high skill, you know, and they just never take action. You go like, "There's so much potential in this person. Like, if only they just 
go public. If only they just put their hand up in class. If only they would. Um, they've got incredible skill, incredible knowledge, but low confidence. What do you reckon you'd call that person, by the way? If if low low skill, high confidence results in a cowboy, what's low confidence, high skill? It's Matt, who would you call it? Isn't it timid? Would be the technical term to have it live timidly. I don't know what the um, cowboy equivalent is. Which which would be yeah? I think I'd prefer be a cowboy than timid because the cowboy has a lot of stories. Yeah, a lot of and a lot of scars, a lot of, scars. And a lot of failures. <laughs> but they're in it. They're living. Whereas timid's on the sideline. And I remember when I was really young, I was that one. I was the timid, shy, um, you know, sit on the sideline type of kid. And it's really funny because, you know, when I talk to a lot of people, when you speak to a lot of people over time, you realize there are patterns, there's types of people. And this, this, whatever you are when you're a child, when you grow up, you seem to be the opposite, really seems to be a thing because, um, I noticed so many kids uh, and friends who are older now who speak about when they were younger, it's almost like a, um, yeah, a, a map. Whatever they were when they were a kid, they tend to throughout life become the opposite. Mm. And it's really, really interesting. That's really interesting. I'd love to explore that more because I was exactly that too. Missed mm. shy, super quiet, um, and I went back for my 20th uh, Cairo anniversary um, reunion and they were kind of handing out awards and I got the Metamorphosis Award. Wow. First year Cairo, I was still the shy, quiet guy. And by the time third year Cairo came around, I was the naughty boy, the, you know, extroverted, you know, loud, there was this transition while I was at Cairo. So that's interesting you say that too, Matty. So, like, what is with that? Have you noticed that, Janesh? With maybe the kids you see come through, although you don't see them as adults, I guess, uh, through the summit. But do you notice that anywhere else in your life? Or did, what, what about you, Janesh? Have you seen that pattern? I think I saw... Interesting. I think probably I went through... Yeah extroverted during high school um then confident no skill during high school then undergraduate still like extroverted but probably a little bit more introverted because the network wasn't there and not like kind of um and then like post-grad was probably more again extroverted so i went through cycles Right, going on your on your wave thing from the start, right, Ben? I think it's for me personally. I've gone through uh, waves, like close circle. Wouldn't have probably noticed a difference, but I'm like, how do I interact with like uh, greater like people who I don't know? Um, yeah, def- definitely a difference now. Uh, yeah, probably now back to kind of what like high school, like kind of yeah. I would say, if I had to compare, that's like, I don't think I've gone opposite. Um, it's interesting when we see, uh, when I used to work in the States, you see uh, campers come back as staff, and it's really interesting, and um, their first year as staff, um, they all, 90%, I can't say all, 90% of them start the summer how they were as a camper, right? So if they were a little shit or a brat, they will be, they start the summer that way, entitled uh, and a brat, and they evolve over. They work in there probably anywhere from nine, uh, nine weeks to 15 weeks uh, of the year, and they evolve um, in either way. So if they come as timid, then they evolve and they're, they're in it. They're, uh, they're, because you have to be, you can't be as a front of center camp staff member in the States, unless you're back of house, you can't remain super timid the whole way through because you've got these, 
these young kids that are looking up to you going, hey, what, where, where do I go? What's my direction? You're bringing them certainty. So uh, you see, I see them evolve um, from the start to the end. However, when they come to us as staff, they're 90% exactly how they were as a camper. So if they're the quiet, introverted one, they come in quite introverted. But by that 12-week, they've definitely morphed, um, which, is, which is awesome, which is awesome, and it's part of their growth, I think. So mm. it, it makes sense when you think about it because you attract what you are, right? So if you're timid, and, and when you put someone in a leadership role or a coaching or a teaching role, they're going to be approached by what they are. So if they're timid, they're going to get a lot of timid people and they're going to have to work with timid people and they're going to be encouraging those timid people to take risks, take chances, step outside their comfort zone. And while they're communicating that to them, they're also communicating it to themselves because they're saying those things out loud with their own voice. And the other way, right? If you're the really obnoxious, outgoing extrovert who's also probably maybe a little too obnoxious, then you end up with you know, campers that are obnoxious and outgoing and you're finding yourself having to cool your jets, pull your head in, you know? And I wonder if that, that has an effect on your subconscious and you, you start to learn the skills, you know, that you're lacking the, the parts of you that aren't very well developed. I think as well, well, I'm on this train of thought. Um, do you notice this as you get older? Because using your graph, the more, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So that should mean, and I, I think it's, it's not confidence because the confidence is still there, but the, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know a lot and that there's so much more to know. And that's quite a humbling process. Like I had a guy yesterday, we're skating and he said, oh, what kind of surfer are you? And I said, a regular one. And he's like, are you a good one? And you can tell when someone's asking if you're a good surfer that they're a beginner because that's what beginners are focused on is on being good. And I'm like, well, what do you mean, mate? He's like, are you an, an advanced, intermediate? I said, I'm a beginner. And he's like, oh, you must be advanced. That's what, that's what advanced people say. I'm like, mate, to be honest, like surfing's a thing that you do for your whole life. So you're never going to be advanced. Like... You're always going to be getting getting better. Um, but he was so fixated. He's like, just tell me how good you are. I think because he wanted to work out whether or not he wanted to listen to me. <laughs> going to ask advice. He's like, are you shit? Because I don't want advice from someone who's really shit. So, Matt, when you say um, the more you know, you realise the less you know, do, do you think, maybe say, answers for you personally or just in general, do then when you does your confidence go down? Are you less likely? Do your confidence maybe up? Are you less likely to throw your hat in the ring when you realize, oh, I actually realize now I know nothing or not much? So does that re- result in timid action? I th- because yeah, it's I greater really, awareness. It's a great question. I think the confidence is still there, but that it takes work because you become, you're, you're now, a, yeah, you're a small, you're a big fish in a small pond and then suddenly you're a small fish in a very big pond. It's use an analogy. I think the confidence, we, I still try to cultivate the confidence and believe in myself and tell myself I've got this, but yeah, I'm aware that there's so much that I don't know. So I think it's more humbling mm-hmm. if it's done if it's with grace, it's humility. Um, you become humble. You realize you listen more because you get wisdom with that too, right? With that sense of, or oh, not, I don't know everything, um, comes wisdom, hopefully, which enables you to navigate it with more confidence. But without the wisdom, without learning from experience, then yeah, for sure, confidence is shot because suddenly it's, there's no sense of control or understanding or being able to interpret something so uncertain. What, what do you think, Ben, when it comes to this graph that you've introduced? Mm. Wait, before you answer that, where are you on that graph? Me? Yes. Well, I think it's really interesting what Maddie's just said because 
I think what you, I mean, ideally what you're looking to do, and if you're being coached and guided, that you, you, your coach is increasing your skill and your confidence at the same time. Skill and confidence, skill and confidence. And so you stay in this nice band mm-hmm. where your skill matches your confidence. And that's the ideal, right? But sometimes we swing out of the band, too much skill, not enough confidence, or too much confidence, not enough skill. I think what Maddie's saying, I was just feeling into that, Maddie, and given that I'm twice your age, um, I feel like there's a... You're 72. I don't need to... You start having... Not always, actually. This is not true. I know lots of people that are older and still feel the need to prove themselves and therefore will will demonstrate confidence that's way more than their skill in an attempt to prove themselves. But I think what tends, for me, I'm feeling into it and what, I've, what I'm feeling is I don't need to prove myself as much and which, you know, got to be careful, it's a slippery slope uh, of then deciding not to kind of stretch yourself, to, to remain fixed, to not feel like you need to grow. But I just feel like, you know, whatever. And if you want to do it that way, enjoy. I'm not going to try and change your mind. I'm not going to try and prove that, you know, I'm the guy that you need to listen to. Just, you know, good on you. What I do love is, you know, one day I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this, I'm not really going to do it, but one day I might do it. And that is when someone pisses me off with the car, like in a car park or something, I'm just going to ram them. Because i got insurance, you know, like those movies, you know, like where the guy like Robert De Niro or whatever gets pissed off and he goes, I'm insured. Mate, it, this is why this is uh, channeling your big American car. He wants a big truck like in Yellowstone. And he goes, you don't mess with the ranch, right? Like that's that's where you're going. That's yeah. he, li- he literally said he wants to get a ram. And <laughs> he's about His subconscious is coming ramming people. <laughs> Next thing you know, Matt, he's got this. Brom's got a best friend. It's this little billy goat ram, right? Like kind of <laughs> prancing around in the backyard. But yeah, it's that it's that level of uh, just like I'm all good. Like I don't feel like I need to prove myself. And I think when we when we have more confidence than skill, we play in that space because there's a, a need to prove mm. our worth and, and who we are. Um, so I just think, I feel like, certainly as I've got older, there's a little bit less, there's a little bit less of that. But I'm conscious of that. I, I want to still be more on the aggressive side of, the, of that line. I'd rather have a bit more confidence and maybe not enough skill and wait till I've got the skill. Mm. Um, so, I think there's a difference there though between yeah. what you were saying, um, Ben, the needing to prove yourself. It's who you're doing it for. And I think that uh, there is that um, need for significance, right? That people seek and, and, and it's, a, it's a look good, not be good type of mentality and it's like a look at me confidence right um but i think there's a like that you have those quiet achievers right but their confidence is out of the ordinary you don't know about it they're humble they're humble but their confidence to take take that gamble to put throw that hat in the arena um but it's not not coming from a place of significance, or not coming from a place of proving themselves. It's like, it's like you know what? I think I'm going to back myself. I think there's a difference there, and I think there's a one is healthy and one is uh, unhealthy. And I think the the unhealthy version, unfortunately, uh, in the year we're in, uh, is everywhere you look. Right, the materialistic social media, Insta worthy uh, type of photo shots, content is around where it's like your confidence is out of the uh, out of the blue, out of like kind of that this bandwidth, maybe little to no knowledge, um, but it's coming from a place of ego, coming from a place of significance, which there's no. Uh, 
one, I don't think it's healthy. And two, I don't think it's sustainable. It doesn't lead to anywhere. It doesn't lead to them building something. It doesn't lead to them progressing in the other areas of life. Their significance level, significance bucket, so to speak, is like overflowing, right? However, their, their connection bucket um, is like is, is empty potentially. And I think there's a, like, I don't think with everything, there's an unresourceful way to seek significance. Um, and I think that happens unfortunately too much in every day every day this and that i think it's you get the people who might get the car get this but but no one knows about it they get it because of them or they go you know what because i like it and then they're happy to share it if someone asks them but it's not a a look at me look at me type of approach i think i think this plays into the internal and external motivation too like if someone has a belief that my actions speak louder than my words, then they're probably what we would call your quiet achiever. Your, um, you know, they're still they're motivated and confident enough to take action. So they're very confident, but they don't present themselves as confident. Look at me, look at me, look at me. But they have to have a level of confidence to take action. And often their actions speak quite clearly. And then after the fact, we say, oh, wow, that's a confident person versus the person who, doesn't take action or take little action, but tells everyone they are. Look at me. I've got all these things. I am this, you know, sometimes not saying always, but sometimes that's the guy with the incredible physique. Sometimes that happens, but actually on the inside, they're not confident. So they're trying to mask it with this bravado, this, these huge physiques and, you know, more and more in the world, it seems, we have ability to fake things. You can fake anything. You can have a filter that makes you look beautiful. You can go to the gym and in, you know, three months get an incredible body if you're willing to take a whole lot of drugs and no one will know it's possible. You can do it. You can have the dream physique. And there's this fake presenting confidence, presenting everything that would, should make you feel confident to the world, but Actually, it's it's hollow. I thought you were talking about me for a second when you talk about the guy with the big physique. But then... It's chiselled, <laughs> chiselled physique. Which gym is that, Matt? Too, by the way, with the drugs. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, um, if it's just my fee, but I, I've just started getting back into the gym, and since I've been getting back in the gym, I just get YouTube sending me all these things about you know, steroid abuse. All right, they're listening to you, mate. They're listening. They are listening. It's crazy. We talked about this in the past, that social media isn't the often the best. I think it can be. It depends what you what you pick. But you also do get sense and just rubbish, you know, mm. cl- clickbait stuff. But um, there's no point that- looking or searching anymore. You just kind of talk to your phone and go, mm. I am looking... I need groceries. I need broccoli, organic broccoli, please. And I can, there you go. Ads, quick, done, order, right? Make it work for you, mate. If it's already listening, make it work for you. If it's going to listen, can it just do it as well? <laughs> it will. I need, I need some eggs. Bing. Oh, it won't be long, yeah. But how do you go with shopping over there? Have you, do, you, have you, do you kind of, have you, you don't, obviously you don't get potatoes and lamb and, Really I need cat back in my life. She's the oh, I thought you said home. you need a cat, like 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 the, you go to the grocery store and you, oh, yeah, you get a cat. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking you were going at. Where we're talking, I was like, wow, okay, where I'm at. That's a little information overload. Cat's my girlfriend for all our <laughs> listeners. She's a phenomenal cook, and she's really good at it. And she's a really good shopper. You you appreciate each other when you leave. What you bring to the table, right? There's many things that cat brings to the table. And she's phenomenal at shopping and food. It's, it's tough. And here's the thing. Like um, going out's relatively cheap. It's, it is cheap. And if you pick your battles and you eat locally, it's very cheap. But I've eaten in every single restaurant now. <laughs> and just the thought often of getting like when you're at home, you've just finished your day of work and you, you just want to be out of lounge and maybe quickly go to the fridge and grab a snack or, yeah, I've been struggling. Uber Eats? Do they do Uber Eats over there? 
They do, every single cafe or restaurant will deliver. But again, it's cafe restaurant food. And I want, mm. I just want a little slice of home. So I've Is got there a few a bit things. Of tension when you go to the cafe? Like, oh, could it be dodgy? Is it, do you have that little bit of, just, yeah. you know, I know when I've eaten in Asian countries and there's just sometimes this, oh, you want to eat there. But there's just you're sitting there and there's just a bit of tension as you're eating. I wonder if this is okay. That's when yeah. um, Matt's confidence kicks in and the knowledge of what's actually in it is next to zero. He goes, you know what? It'll be right. It will be fine. Oh, my microbiome's got a week to uh, to adjust. It's going to be okay. Exactly what happened. And I'm surrounded by other people who are similar. They're like, yeah, you'll be fine. I've been eating this stuff for 32 years. You know, You've been eating it for a week. It'll be fine. Go on, go for it. Yeah, I, I do actually pick my. Um, I have like my fifteen places that I hundred percent trust that I know are really really good, and then I eat consistently from from there. And I gamble every now and again because I like a bit of risk, and I will eat a bit of street food. Like me and a friend went motorbike riding this epic motorbike trip, which I'm going to take you on, Ben, when you come here. Phenomenal. We ride along the coast and then you go up this um, ridge and you're on this ridge and it's just coast on one side and mountains on the other side. So phenomenal. It's super dangerous because you don't go fast. Then you go 60 because there's cattle and dogs and cats and all kinds of things, but beautiful drive. And we pull over and this in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain. And then this guy goes past on this little, you know, kind of go Jack style with the boxes on the side. And it's like, Dim Sims, you know, and he falls over and Pablo orders a plastic bag of Dim Sims and the guy disappears and we don't have any change. So Pablo gives him $10 for something that's like, you know, maybe 50, 50 cents. So the guy's just the best day ever. He was laughing. You could hear him. <laughs> he, was, he drove away. He was, he was so happy. And Pablo and I ate one and Pablo looks at it and he's like, maybe we'll give this away. I'm not, I'm not sure about this. this these, these balls have been <laughs> carted up a mountain in the back of a motorbike. Tried to give them to the next local. No, she's <laughs> not having a bar of it. I'm like, mate, let's think of it from her perspective. You don't have the motorbike with the you know, <laughs> special things on the side. You're just a white tourist on top of a mountain handing someone a bag of meat. Like, who's going to take that from you? He's like, yeah. Uh, so we ate it, and I'm fine. How's Pablo? He's still in bed. He's dead. He's gone. He's Getting his stomach pumped. Fellas, we what's... um? What's uh sorry to interrupt you, Matt. I'm just aware of time here. What's uh what's our takeaways from today? What's something that we want to leave our uh, listeners with? It went fast. It's about to warm up and give you a Pablo story um, next time. Eight fifty-seven. What's our takeaway, Ben? I think something we didn't really talk about, but we kind of did. Uh, the whole, and maybe we talked about this the other week, impermanence. Like your hair's impermanent. You know, good food, bad food, it's impermanent. Sometimes you eat and it's good and sometimes you eat it's not bad. It's bad. But just everything's constantly changing. You know, our risk profile changes. Uh, our character changes over time. Just everything's always going through change and, and just to have that flexibility to recognise change is going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, and that whilst you might have hair today, in a few years, Janesh, you may not. Quite likely. Mm. At some point, you won't have hair. It's true. Um, what's my takeaway? I'm going to jump in before, Janesh. That gives you a little bit more time to think. Yeah. Um, we spoke about the confidence and skill, I guess, equation that Ben introduced. And... Um, yeah, I think my challenge is to identify what you are, have a think about it. What are you honestly ask yourself the question and the answers will come, sit down with it, maybe draw that graph and think through, you know, major events in your life and see whether it has it changed. We spoke about how sometimes Ben and I definitely experienced a 
um, what we were when we were kids and now we're kind of the opposite. I think that would be really interesting for people to work out. Like, have you had an experience of this where you're quite timid and now you're quite confident or vice versa? And, and also we're capable of growing and evolving and becoming anything we want. So if you need more confidence in your life, then maybe it's time to say yes and do some of the things that scare you. And, and also maybe, you know, you need more skill to have more confidence as well. So maybe it's time to practice and hone whatever your craft is. Sometimes we just get in the habit of doing it the same way over and over again, out of comfort and security. And I would challenge you to stretch yourself, maybe read something new, upskill. Um, yeah, play around with the skill confidence equation. Mm. I would, uh, I'll take a bit of both, both of yours and in the notion of impermanence, like as you said, Ben, like things aren't always going to be around. Like we are not going to be around always, right? This show won't be always around. And in that, like don't hoard your knowledge. Don't hoard your knowledge. Are you and, leaving us? And uh, no, 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 this is not my speech. Um, that don't hoard your knowledge and don't take and not take action and go, oh, I'll wait that one day. I'll wait for the perfect weather and the, the no wind to give something a shot. And I think because that, that day may never come, right? So I would stretch yourself to give things a go. Um, and on the vice, on the other end, if you give everything a go and you always shoot at your hip, I encourage you to use that confidence to gain more knowledge. Still take the shot. But gain more knowledge while you're taking the shot. Okay, go, yep, I'm going to start this tomorrow. But I'm going to work like a fiend and learn everything I can and be curious and still take the shot. As opposed to just take the shot and and not know anything about it. So because there is no there is no tomorrow, right? It is no tomorrow. And you don't want to be going like as you I think we've had this conversation a few times on sitting on your deathbed going, oh, what if, what if, what if I just did that? If I did that, right? Like, fuck, life sucks if you're just living through a bunch of what ifs. So I would say take the shot and, uh, yeah, increase increase your knowledge while you're taking the shot. That would be my takeaway. It's good. Good yeah. stuff, boys. Good session today. Yeah. See you all. All right. Until next time, everyone, have a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.